Hey friends, you're listening to Why This, a podcast where a couple of food scientists learn why people love the things they love. Today's topic, holiday movies. Welcome to Why This, as always brought to you by Draft Lab. Draft Lab helps food and beverage producers improve the taste and quality of their products with best-in-class sensory software, tools, and training. Visit draftlab.com to learn more or reach out to us on social media if you're interested in becoming a better taster. So it's December and it's that time of year where it's holiday movie time. What I read earlier is there are about 40 of these made every year. So I've never seen the same one twice. So they always keep me a little bit interested, but I can also just like fall asleep while watching them. Um, Additionally, they're just kind of designed to bring you joy, which is kind of nice when you're on the road. So I'm a fan of these holiday movies. Um, Matt, what do you think? Uh, it's it's not usually my, my my cup of tea, but they're on in the house all the time. So I know them and I guess I, I appreciate them for that. But to us, it seems just like an opportunity, you know, sensory people. Obviously, there's 40 of these made a year. They're made year over year. I think it's pretty safe to say there's a formula to these things that that obviously somebody's paying attention to. So we thought to ourselves, why not bring back Brooke, who we had a really great time having her go through, uh, try a bunch of different things. And what if we made her as a sensory expert try to break down? Why are they so successful? What is what is the formula? Um, And Brooke is going to hopefully answer this for us. So Brooke, thanks for being back here again. I'm excited to have this conversation. Of course, I'm excited to be here again. Thank you. (laughs) All right, Brooke, so what's your relationship with holiday movies? Have you been a fan for a while? Oh yeah, holiday movies, (laughs) you know, they get me through the winter months in Maine. Let's put it that way. They bring a little little sunshine to the the dark nights, the 4 p.m. sunsets, things like that. They they are just lighthearted and fun to watch. So are they sunny because they're not actually filmed in locations that are that are winter and it's exactly. probably somewhere in California? It's, it's probably safe to say they're not filmed in northern Maine. <laughs> so in the Fair. middle of winter. So you watched a couple of these and at the end, did your perspective about holiday movies change at all or are you still a fan? Oh, I'm still a fan. It was interesting, though, because I feel like when you watch these movies, you're not really like fully paying attention the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, you're kind of, you know, just getting the gist of the movie. Um, and this time I was really I was taking notes. I was really, really <laughs> in- invested in this. So it was a different experience, but it was it was still great. <laughs> Um, so the way that we kind of go through and do these things, Brooke, we, we give you a, a challenge or something to do. You then mm-hmm. go out, give it a shot. We film parts of it, uh, run through those to give us a quick idea. And then, and then we'll ask you some questions. So um, let's go through the first movie. Hi, everybody. My name's Brooke, and I'm a sensory scientist at Draft Lab. Today, we're going to watch an excessive amount of Hallmark movies in one sitting. First things first, we have to make sure we have our snacks in line. Crackers with easy cheese, some chocolates, and some dried snap peas, because health is my passion. (laughs) All right, it's time for Christmas in Rome. I have been taking notes because I am a scientist and professional. There is a man, I have no idea what he does for work, that is never clear. He has a promotion on the line. He meets a beautiful woman, but then she becomes his tour guide. She's questioning how they're going to make the distance work 
classic slow dance moment. He got a drop promotion. She no longer feels they can make it work. Not a lot of twists. Not surprised. I basically predicted this whole movie. I give this movie a 6 out of 10. Alright everyone, next up, A Bride for Christmas. This movie is gonna be rough. <laughs> we're about now, we're in. A lot's happened. I don't know. Barbara. <laughs> off. Barbara off. What is happening? <laughs> I don't remember where I left off last. I'm already falling asleep. <clears throat> I think you summed them up perfectly. Uh, there's always a female pro protagonist. Yes. It's usually big city to a small town. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. they're changing careers. There's some kind of like life changes going on. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, it's all a little predictable for sure, but they, they change, they always change like, you know, the, the details a little bit. So what are some of the core components? Start us off with, yeah. with what we're looking at. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's always, like Lindsay said, some sort of big life change happening. Someone loses their job. An engagement has ended. Um, you know, they have to be away for the holidays, things like that. Um, something to really reel you in. So I had a big realization because part of what you sent me was a group of like still photos of oh, yeah. a bunch of the movies, which which was funny. And I'm looking at them and I started to I started to put them together and I came up with this photo. <laughs> which by no means feels like a holiday movie, but it was like big, big light went off in my head. It's a big soap opera, right? Yeah. Like it is just extremes. Like you mm -hmm. just you need oh, yeah. to move from one opposite to another. Like a guy could come in as a a cold blooded killer. And then he's going to be Santa Claus. And then the person that was really great. And they're just a hundred percent. Yeah. It's always the extremes because everything is so condensed. And like, you know, I mentioned like these movies, like the timeline of them is these things are happening over three days, like two days of these people knowing each other and they make all these like big life decisions. <laughs> yeah. And it's usually the same actors. So you watched three of these, right? Yeah, I only watched two because I started to get sleepy. Um, but it is always like very similar actors. I did choose one from like 2021 and then one from 2013. So I kind of wanted to see if there was a big difference. There wasn't. So not much has changed in the 10 years of making these. The actors that play in this, they're they're not like a plus like I recognized one of them as being it was one of the girls from Mean Girls right yes like a big... yes Gretchen okay. Wieners from Mean Girls is in Christmas in Rome yeah so it, it's mostly celebrities that maybe aren't really in the limelight much anymore but you know that's okay they they, they still know what they're doing <laughs> but she's in any of them right like every year she she has so different... yeah I wonder if they film them all like in the same month and just like knock them out you know but what we did find out is Christmas in Rome was actually filmed in Rome my husband and I were arguing about it I was like this was not filmed in Rome this was like filmed in California and we looked it up and it was actually filmed like on location. What are the budgets of these movies? That kind of blows my mind. Yeah, they bring in about $350 million in ad revenue every year. Whoa. So yeah, yeah. If you, if, so if you notice, they're made for ads because they're made for TV. So there's at least nine different ad segments. So yeah, I mean, they're quite successful. 
Yeah. So you're doing the the descriptive analysis version of of these mm-hmm. movies. What are what's another characteristic of this? Another characteristic is I think it always there's always some dramatic like very dramatic speech in the last mm. 20 minutes. Like mm. something always goes wrong. It's always in the last 20 minutes and then all of a sudden everything is right and everyone lives happily ever after. Oh wow. <laughs> so like so you're saying about 85% is feel good. Feel and then good. there's yep. like a, a you know 10% block where it's really bad and then we yep. get back on track. Yeah. You're like, oh no, are they not going to end up together? But then they, they always do. So most of it is meant for you to just watch it as you pass by. You can kind of go mm-hmm. through these things. But to make it a legitimate movie and have a story, they got to grab your attention for just that little bit of time. And the big speech is, is that like record scratch moment to grab it. Pretty much. Yeah. It's like, you know, what, what is about to go wrong? You know, what is going to get in the way of them being together? And then someone always makes a big life change to make sure that they, you know, they can make it work. <laughs> like major life change. Like all major of a sudden. Yeah. Like, I've... you know, quitting your job and moving to Rome. <laughs> change. <laughs> Yes. After knowing someone for three days. So, yes. You know. I'm going to get rid of all my friends and family. I'm going to pack yeah. up all my stuff, get yeah. rid of everything, and I'm moving. I'm curious about this speech. Uh, did you did you find any factors in the speech that are played, played out uh, consistently? Yeah. It's always the male lead that does the very mm-hmm. impassioned speech. They always have to like dramatically find each other somewhere. You mm-hmm. always have to kill the cell phone at some point. Because mm-hmm. you have to be able to find each other in Rome, yeah. but you, yeah. you can't have a phone. And, and that's what oh, shoot, I forgot to get his number. <laughs> uh, like there's there's something that Wait, happens. Lindsay, did you see this movie? No, it's, it's always happens though. Like in the modern ones, it always, like you can't, Yeah, I, would, I just watched one the other day and she was on, on a trip with her sister and she she met a guy in a cocoa line, <laughs> in a hot cocoa line. Cocoa dreams, baby. Cocoa dreams. <laughs> and for some reason, she didn't get his phone number. They like hit it off immediately. And her whole thing was like, "Oh, I believe in I believe in miracles, and so I'm gonna find him again at some point." Uh, but there always has to be written into the script. How do you get rid of the phone? How do you get rid of Instagram or whatever, like you, you can't have any of that. No, Lindsay, yeah. get this, Brooke. <laughs> this happened. is exactly what happened in Christmas in Rome. She dropped her phone in a sink full of water, or he dropped his phone in a mm. sink full of water, and he wasn't answering it. But in the beginning of the movie, she put a GPS tracker on his lapel because she is a tour guide, and she always lost her. She lost one of her tour people once, so now she puts a snowflake <laughs> GPS tracker on them. That's and- illegal. <laughs> and he, when he was packing, he found it, and he's like, "Oh!" And he put it in his pocket, and that's how she found him. She's like, "He still has his GPS tracker." <laughs> And she found him in this big crowd of people in the middle of Rome. Did she get their consent that she was tracking them? Yeah. She like places it on them. She's like, he's like, what's this? And she's like, well, one time I lost one of my tour people. So now I track them. I think the better movie would have been about the person she lost on tour. (laughs) (laughs) Fred is just aimlessly walking. He's he's like, now 
Yeah. yeah. He's like now a baker in Rome. He's like yeah. wildly successful. All because he got lost on this tour. All right. Let me let me take a shot at this. The beginning is major catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Something happens big, right? Yep. That then leads into the characters have to meet because that happens in the first 30 minutes. And then there's awkward phase. And then there's happy phase. Then mm-hmm. major downfall. Yep. Everyone's unhappy. And then big speech finish. Yes. Did we do it? Yep. Success. That nailed it. Yep. It's yep. fun. It is fun. Yeah. There's not much more to it than that. That's okay. All right. All right. So what about the names of these movies? Where do you think those, is there a rhyme or reason to that? I noticed that actually, I was looking at some of the titles before this and Christmas is used quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's like, you know, SEO or, or something. So <laughs> all I want for Christmas, an old fashioned Christmas, hashtag Xmas was one of them. <laughs> Gosh. Do you, uh, do you both want to play a quick game with me? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I just did a quick look. And I've got three Christmas movie names for you. And you've got to tell me, are these three names real or are they made up by AI? Okay. Wow. Great. This is going to be hard. (laughs) Okay. All right. You ready? Number one, Snowflake Wishes. Number two, Coco and Mistletoe Magic. Oh my God. What? All right. Number three, Jingle Bell Dreams. Real or not real? So one of them is real? All of them are either real or not real. I'm going to say they're not real. Yeah, they are not real. They were just made up okay. Okay. Uh, by ChatGPT. But Coco and Mistletoe Magic. That one is what I was like, no, that's not real. Like, Where does the mistletoe come in? Their first kiss has to be under the mistletoe. Obviously. When does that happen? In the Does that happen during happy? Is that the end of happy time is the kiss? No, the first kiss is always in the middle um, after they, you know, had their witty banter and start to get to know each other more. Uh, in one of the movies, they were making uh, Christmas bread together. <laughs> That's when they shared their first kiss. Was they were kneading dough as one. <laughs> was it a situation where, like, the hands came over the top and they were there kneading the dough together? It was. It was. Except she was the one behind him. <laughs> so... Flipping, flipping. Twenty twenty-three. I love it. Yeah, yeah, right? So progressive. So progressive. <laughs> they finally flipped the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Can we start a new product called Cocoa and Mistletoe Dreams? That sure. sounds like a. It's probably a flavor of seltzer. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you, we could make a good product with cocoa and and like a piney kind Pine. of flavor. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm, yum. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> okay. Well, this was fun, Brooke. Um, I, I'm excited to get into watching more of these holiday movies and hopefully everybody else is excited too. They're just so full of joy and so silly. So I'll, I'll definitely be watching. I, I think I'm going to stick to just watching them in little pieces and from afar. I think that might be how these are best ingested. Yeah. You mean you don't want to sit down and take notes on your phone? No, I watched your experience and I I don't, I don't (laughs) desire that. Well, thank you for doing that work for us, Brooke. You're welcome. Anytime. (laughs) Anytime. Why This is produced by the team at Draft Lab, where we help companies demystify consumer experiences through flavor analysis. To learn more, reach out through our website and of course, like and subscribe and uh, happy holidays, everyone. 